turn the mic on. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Welcome into, uh, remember this thing we used to do called the JMAC podcast? Uh, hello. Good evening. It's, uh, it's a newsworthy evening, I guess. Um, I haven't done this for a while, so I'm hoping that everything is set up correctly. Let me know if you can hear my voice. If you can see me, it looks like it looks like we can read uh, the uh, your texts on the screen. I hope that you can see those, um, and we see some people following the show. Um, yeah, this is something we use. If you don't know, if you joined us because of our campaign for Congress, I used to come on live every Tuesday and Thursday night, and we would talk about the issues of the day or the week and. It hasn't happened very often since I started running for uh, for Congress. Well, now that's over. I'm on the beach. You can see the Hawaiian shirt. I am relaxed and I am in, at total ease after another long political campaign. Everybody say hello. Uh, we've got people who helped out with the campaign. Uh, Janelle joining us. She handled all our social media. Janelle, how's it going? Jake joining us. He's out of uh, Tooele. He helped us out. And then he's working with the Forward Party now. Orion, who who has been with us uh, from the very beginning of, I think, uh, my show when I first came here to Salt Lake. David joining us. Uh, also, Brian. Uh, he, Brian says, I can hear and see you. Okay. So that's uh, successful. Uh, let me know about the your texts uh, on, I think they're on your right. Can you see those? Do those, is that helpful for you to see those? Um, because I could put other other things up over there. I'm talking about right here where you can see the, the, the messages from everybody else. Can you read those? If, I feel like it's a little small today. Um, uh, Janelle says yes, we can. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's helpful. We'll see what how we'll see how it goes as we go down. Okay, yeah. Look, it looks looks like it's working, except we can't see your little your little icons there. Um, I could probably uh, no. I'll just leave it like that. Um, uh, let's see. Janelle says I'm on my phone, so I see the messages below anyway. Uh, David said, it's helpful when there are people from other platforms commenting. Yes. Uh, looks like mostly everybody right now is on from Facebook. Uh, usually it takes some of the other platforms a little bit longer for people to join us. But uh, let's get all of that all out of the way. Uh, it's uh, it's good to be back. Um I thought we could do a quick debrief of my uh, my run for Congress. Answer any questions that you have. Uh, I have a major question now, and that is, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> because I'm not in radio anymore, and I honestly don't know if I have another run for Congress in me. And if you look at our vote totals, it uh, wasn't the most inspiring thing, but you know, we didn't go into this thinking that we had, you know, a major shot. 
And I I was at church on on Sunday, and I had a lot of people come up to me, and they said, you know, sorry you didn't win. And I, and I just I I responded to some of them, and I said, no, we did win. We won because we spent a year trying to get people to step away from the insanity. We we spent a year out there uh, messaging that we can be better, that we can do better. We uh, re- we wrapped the RV with uh, principles over over politics with messages that are positive and encouraging. We were able to go into people's homes and talk to them about a world, a government, where we actually consider each other's thoughts and where we work towards common ground. Um, I I had, <laughs> you know, if we would have even come close to winning, I would have been, you know, out of this world shocked and actually worried because it's one thing to run it's another to win and uh winning is a is an entirely different thing i mean i'd have to say goodbye to my family for half the year or more uh start worrying about a re-election not that i didn't want to win and i ran to win i did everything that i could um but ultimately everybody who's joining us tonight, everybody who um, was involved. I think Brian says it best on Facebook. He says, uh, he says the promotion of good ideas by good, uh, by good people is a must. Very well said, Brian. I I think that that is, um, that that's very, very well said. Orion says, uh, his wife, Abby, says, go back to radio. You know, that's an interesting point. We'll talk about the campaign, but we're just going to freeform tonight. I don't have a, a huge plan for you tonight. We can talk about my run for Congress. We can talk about the midterm elections. We can talk about Trump. And I, I don't care what order. We'll probably bounce around a lot. Um, but uh, I've thought a lot about going back to radio. And here's my problem. My problem is that my children are now here in Utah. They've set up shop here and we want to be around our children. And there are very few, as you know, opportunities to be in talk radio in Utah. There's two stations that do talk really. And one of them I'm too, one of them I'm not, I'm not far right enough to be on. And the other one is not hiring. And I left the other one because I wanted to run for Congress. So uh, if I, there, you know, there's jobs. I see them every day. I, I you know, I'm, I'm subscribed to Indeed. And I see every talk radio job that comes up across the country. And there are job postings everywhere. I saw three today. In fact, uh, uh, I just got another one just now as we're talking. Sports talk show host, uh, uh, let's see, WMAG in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, here's one in Nashville. Here's one in, in Baton Rouge. Uh, let's see, Bakersfield, California, Houston. So uh, there are plenty of jobs out there 
for talk radio. But the bottom line is I'd have to leave the state. And I kind of like the state of Utah. And I really love the people of Utah. And I love my children. And we bounced around so much early on in our marriage. It's it's nice to, this is obviously the longest we've been uh, anywhere, but the pro, you know, to get into radio again, I would probably have to leave the state. I probably would. Uh, let's see. Uh, David says, I love seeing several United Utah Party candidates turning heads. I hope more people will see there are options that aren't in the extremes. I think that that was something that our campaign, uh, that I'm very proud of in our campaign. Uh, every day people were asking me, who, who, what is the United Utah Party? And so every time we had an event, I know that we were exposing people to the idea that they don't have just two choices. They have more than that. And so I know that we brought a lot of awareness to the United Utah Party. And I recommend that you go to their website, unitedutahparty.com. Look at their look at their standards. Look at their platform. And I'll tell you the one thing you're not going to find there is you're not going to find the toxicity that exists on in the uh, in the other two parties. And uh, you're going to find people who disagree, but they know how to disagree. And this is the, this is the problem with our country is we don't know how to disagree. In, in other words, we don't know how to be adults when it comes to politics. We, I, I guarantee you that at work, you're not wandering around calling people names, Marxists and communists and, 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 you know, threatening them with violence and, and all of those other things, maybe a little behind their back, but you're, you're an adult in that environment. Adults around other adults typically know how to disagree and it doesn't become a fist fight or something else. But in politics, we don't know how to do that. In politics, we are children and we are becoming more and more like children. Although these midterms, I don't know about you, but they gave me hope. We kind of came back from the brink a little bit. And so maybe, you know, maybe we're starting to re remind ourselves that, you know, being acting like children on the playground maybe is not the best idea. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is uh, Anthony. He says, personally, I'd be happy to hear you back on the radio. I loved hearing your opinions on uh, things going on in the nation. To be honest, that is yet another way to get into the homes of people. Yeah, it's probably one of the best ways uh, to get into the homes of people. Um, I, I would obviously do it if I had the opportunity. That's one of the reasons why I continue to do uh, this podcast or why I did it before the campaign. It was very difficult to keep it up during the campaign. Um, Janelle says, I would love to see a more moderate voice on talk radio, maybe a new type of podcast. Um, Brian says, freelance radio production for PR, ad and marketing agencies, small production firms can be anywhere. It's true. Um, 
We, you know, we've talked a lot uh, amongst our um, our campaign committee um, about other ways to be involved. And I've taken two runs now at trying to do it as an elected official. Uh, I said this after the last campaign that I, I don't think I'm going to do it again, but I would love to participate in other ways. Uh, in an advisory capacity for campaigns to help uh, with messaging, um, you know, media issues, those types of things. I'd love to be involved with at a party level, think tank level. Uh, You know, many of you know, uh, before we went back on the campaign trail, that a group of us had put together something called Lift Politics, plan on uh, diving back into that, you can go to liftpolitics.org. We put together a list of principles, guiding principles, that we feel that uh, Americans should commit to abide by. And it's really, you know, just treating each other with respect and being adults. But if you go to Lift Politics, you can check that out. Um, so I agree. There's there's a lot of ways, uh, Brian, uh, to be involved, and I'm open to all of those. So right now is kind of uh, you just kind of exploring. You know, I, I don't want to I don't want to leave uh, politics for sure, and I don't want to to stop fighting for my country or for my state, and I don't want to to stop, uh, you know, having these opportunities to communicate with with you all. So the question is, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Jake says, we'll put this one on the screen. Jake says, Utah loves you. Thank you, Jake. Um, <laughs> Ryan says, take them with you in the RV. You know, I could, you know, I, you know, if, if if I did go and take a radio job in another state, I could probably still continue to do the podcast and bring that back, um, back, back here. But honestly, I, I just don't see, I don't see myself, um, you know, taking another talk radio job somewhere else. I just, that's not in my, uh, that's not on my radar right now. It's just really not. And again, I I think that I'm really proud of what we did in this campaign, and I regret that it did not manifest itself in the votes. But you know, getting people to think third party is very difficult. And in fact, one of the best attempts I've seen at uh, anybody trying to break people away from the duopoly from the two-party system was what we saw Evan McMullen do here in the state. And I was blown away by what he did and the fundraising. And uh, I mean, you know, he really, really did something. And and maybe, maybe there's something there to build on. Uh, I was very proud that he endorsed us and we endorsed him. You've got the United Utah Party. You've got the Forward Party. The Forward Party endorsed us, and I was very proud of that. Um, And, uh, you know, so I I, I don't think you can measure a campaign, at least from my perspective and what I'm trying to do by, by the votes. 
because I know that we changed a lot of hearts and minds. And I know we were we were in a parade, just about every parade in the district. And we had that big old massive RV, 36 feet of, you know, messaging people that we can be better and that we should be better. And we were playing the Rocky theme as we went through the parade. And, uh, you know, that's something that, by the way, was provided by you guys, by the people who donated to the campaign. So, uh, you know, we we did some really cool stuff and, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, let's see. Brian says not to associate you with views you may not agree with, but Ralph Nader made how many runs for office go where you can make a difference and push people to be there wow ralph nader i haven't heard that name in a long time uh it, it is an interesting time uh for sure so uh still deciding i'll take your suggestions uh what should i do next what what should i be when uh when i grow up i'm a young man i'm 50 53 now uh, something like that. Um, uh, Spencer says, I always hear Boyd Matheson say we should vote for people that will continue to contribute to their community, even if they don't win. Whether you do, I know you'll lift the community as you do it, whatever you do. Thank you, Spencer. And Spencer's on YouTube. Um, thank you, Spencer. Um, that means a lot. And I'm looking over at the comments and I'm wondering if, because those are getting cut off. I know you guys will indulge me here for a second, but I think if I do this and then I do, hang on, I do this and then I pull that over. Nothing like uh, real time. Uh, that's better, right? That's better. Yeah, nothing like uh, real-time uh, tech technical issues. Oh, hang on. Okay, that's better. I'll get it lined up better for next time. But I think that 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 looks better. Uh, now your now your comments aren't uh, getting cut off. Um, I would love your thoughts about the midterm. I I, I thought it was going to be a red wave. Um, and uh, I think that there were a lot of competing things going on and a lot of things behind the scenes that people haven't considered. Um, there's some reasons why it wasn't a red wave. Part of it is a rejection of Trumpism. And uh, the word I'm hearing now a lot is chaos. Um, but a lot of it is also uh, strategery on the part of Democrats who put a lot of money behind uh, Republican candidates who they felt would do very well in a Republican primary, but do very poorly in a general election. And that strategy, I think, uh, paid off very well. And there's still a looming question about, you know, is, is Trump being rejected now? Uh, or is uh, something else going on? He certainly acted tonight like he was the winner and that uh, there is still as much support for him as ever. Um, I think that 
you saw in the primaries that there is still tremendous support for his philosophies, his tactics, and his beliefs. So that's not something to be discounted. So while much of the media and many of the people believe that the midterms suggest that uh, that this is kind of the end of, and that this is Trump dying down. Um, I would caution you on that because uh, for him to get the nomination, he has to win in primaries and his candidates did well in primaries. And so I, I think that there's a, there's a strong chance that he can still win the nomination. I do not believe that he can win, uh, that he can win uh the, the the presidency. He is too divisive. He creates more opposition than he does support. Uh, I do not believe that he can win again, but he can win the nomination again. And that is something that scares me to death, to be honest with you. Because if Trump can win the nomination, but can't win the actual election, then we all know what he'll do. He'll blame election fraud again. And then uh, we may see January 6th being just something that was very small in comparison to what might happen. Now, I don't know if you saw it, but if you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Jay McFarland, I tweeted out just before Trump's speech, and I said, uh, who, who thinks that Trump will blame the lack of a red wave on election fraud? And uh, he didn't. As far as I could tell, he didn't. And it's very interesting to me. Instead of claiming that the lack of a red wave was election fraud, he just pretended that there was a red wave and he led the red wave. So he presented Trump's reality. Now, the thing that that should be very interesting to everybody is if Trump's not blaming election fraud this time, what changed? I mean, if anybody out there is still still believing Trump's claims that he lost in 2020 because of election fraud, as far as I know, it's the same machines. It's uh, some some laws changed. I mean, voting dates changed, and uh, you know there were some things that were made stricter. But for the most part, every state used the same system that was used when he was elected. So how is it that suddenly this is now a legitimate election? I, I don't understand that, and. And it's one of the things that that made me want to run against Chris Stewart was that he claimed two days before uh, January 6th that there was plenty of reason to believe that election that there, you know, that we should at least look into election fraud. And then after January 6th, he was silent and never said a word about it again since. And to me, that's not a viable option. That's not a reasonable choice. You either continue to believe that there was election fraud, and if you look into that and you find out there wasn't, then you say, hey, guys, just so you know, everything's okay. There isn't. Or you say, uh, we found something, and you continue to fight. 
He just ignored. And that's what Trump did tonight. It's like this, this election was sound, completely sound. The only claims that I've heard about any impropriety is in Arizona and the fact that the Secretary of State who certifies an election is now the declared winner or the projected winner of the governorship and the belief that she should have recused herself. Now, uh, if you want to know anything about that, there are several people that certify the election, not just her. The counting is not done by the Secretary of State's office. It's done by the counties, and they each have their own county officials and, and those types of things. Um, but I I think she should have recused herself because why wouldn't you? I, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of um, of uh, you know getting rid of the the appearance of impropriety. Stay so far away from it that there's just no chance. Uh, by not recusing herself, she's left the door open. Uh, and there was also a lawsuit filed in Texas against some county and those officials, but. For the most part, do you hear anybody out there saying, you know, there was no red wave because of election fraud? Wouldn't that be the wouldn't that be the line of choice or the claim of choice if you believed that Trump lost because of election fraud and now all the polling said there was going to be this massive red wave and there wasn't? And it's still the same machines and the same systems. Why isn't the default that the red wave was caused or was was didn't happen because of election fraud? It doesn't follow. It doesn't track for me. And so that's one more to me sign that everybody knows that the election fraud of 2020 is a complete fabrication. And this should just be one more, uh, one more uh, example of that. Uh, so I got on a tangent there. I don't, I don't know what started that and I don't know where, I, where it's gonna end up. Let's, uh, let's get back to your comments. Um, uh, this is uh, Anthony. He says, now President Trump is planning to run again. I am surprised by the announcement. I'm not just because Trump, um, when, you're, when you're looking at the lack of a red wave, you're looking at general elections. And so you're saying, if you look at it that way, uh, Trump supported candidates did not do well in the general election. Well, for for Trump, what he's got to do is he's got to win the nomination and then he can run in his mind against Biden again. And his hope is that inflation continues and gas continues to go up and, and, and all of those things continue to happen. So to judge whether or not Trump can get to the nominee level, the nominee of the party, you have to look at the primary results in each state, not at the general results, the general election results. So I think it's, I understand why Trump would run again, because the primary results tell him and they tell me 
that he has every ability still to win the nomination. Now, there are signs that, you know, we saw it right here in our own state, 80-something elected officials uh, send an open letter to DeSantis, to Governor DeSantis, asking him to form a, a, uh, what do you call it? I should know what it is, Uh, form an exploratory committee. Uh, And that was, I believe, a message to Trump that we're not going to support you this time. Um, But, you know, in general, I think Trump is a very, very strong primary candidate. And so the concern should be, can he win the primary? And if he can win the primary but not win the general, that's uh, we'll be right back to election fraud. I mean, we'll be right back there. Uh, Janelle says, I think the midterm should be a wake-up call to both parties, but especially the GOP. Um, Anthony says, his minions claimed election fraud. You know, I watch and and I pay attention to as much media as I can. And uh, most, of, most of the talking heads um, were forced to admit uh, that this was a this was a legitimate election where the red wave didn't happen. And it's interesting because the one person who should have made the claim, the one person who has made the biggest deal out of election fraud, that one person announced his candidacy for president again. And he didn't say anything about the midterms and election fraud. He's the one that should have made the claim. He's the one who is now going to run again under the same system that was uh, that was fraudulent. I mean, think about it. He announced tonight he's going to run for office under a fraudulent system because the system has not changed. So he literally announced tonight, um, even though even though the election was stolen from me and nothing has changed, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and I guess now the system is what? It's it's now working What's going to happen in the very first primary, the very first caucus, when he loses? He's going to do what he did back in 2016 when he lost the Iowa caucus. He's going to claim election fraud. That's why I was shocked he didn't do it tonight. I just thought for sure. I thought for sure. But you know what? I was just before the show. I don't know if you saw me in the little window looking around. I was trying to find my Magic 8-Ball, and it's missing. Somebody has kidnapped my Magic 8-Ball, and maybe that's why I'm off. But uh, I, it, to be consistent and to set the table, I was expecting Trump to blame election fraud. If By not doing so, it is in essence uh, adm- an admission that he knows that there was no election fraud in the midterms and back in his election. Uh, David says, I still don't understand how people would vote for Trump after January 6th and the Mar-a-Lago incident. 
Um, I think that it's, um, how can I put this n nicely? Um, I think that the ability to discern the truth has been taken away because of the, um, how do I put this? You know, I really don't have any reason to not say it like it is. You know, it's not like I'm running for office anymore. Um, Trump is, let me, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, okay? It, it, for all of you who are religious, this will, this will ring home to you. Trump is an antichrist. What do I mean by that? You have a whole segment of the religious right that has embraced him as their chosen one leader. And to me, the definition of a, an antichrist is somebody who convinces people that they're following Christ, but they're actually going in a completely different direction. So they've been totally convinced that they're following this core principle of their lives, but the reality is they're being led right off the cliff. That's what Trump has done to people. And so their judgment has been so clouded that when they see things with their eyes and hear them with their ears, that they do not translate them in the same normal judgment that they would. And a lot of people call Trumpism a, a cult. I believe that there is part of a segment of, of the Trump following that you can put into that category. But for, for so many, I mean, it's like, it, it, like if you look at the principles of Christianity, love your neighbor, if, if, you know, somebody, you know, pray for those that, that hate you, turn the other cheek, whatever. None of those principles are taught or espoused by Donald Trump. In fact, he promotes the opposite of all of them. He, he 100% is the opposite of all of those things. Yet you have an entire group of people who are Christian in their belief structure who are following and believing that he represents somehow Christianity and is chosen by God. That is, uh, that is amazing. So it, it becomes uh, maybe not a cult, well, a cult of personality. Um, when you put, and I, and I don't think that it's all Trump. I think that it's, this culmination of, first of all, years of party fighting, years of us being told that the other party is evil, that they hate this country, that they're communists, that they're Marxists, whatever. Um, and so, and then years of media slant um, from both sides, because there is media slant on both sides, clearly. Um, and now you add to it social media 
and social media companies that are only going to feed you what they know that you want to hear. And then your ability to click dislike or unfollow or only follow. And so what happens is, is we all are ending up now in this bubble that we think is reality and it's not. It's like we're all living in a different dimension now. And I think it's this culmination and then Trump comes in and he just plays on it. If you listen to his speech tonight, when he was president, it was like the, it was like the earth was run by God himself. And not just this nation, but the entire globe was covered in a halo of happiness, peace, and prosperity. And there are people who are stuck in these streams of confirmation bias that are sitting there going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep, yep. That's true. That's true. Instead of what we all should be doing, and that is saying, okay, yeah, that's that one's true, but uh, yeah, over here on the other side, come on, you can't make that claim, you know, and and trying to have some adherence to truth. There is no longer um, a, a desire to to confirm your own beliefs. The goal now is to only have your beliefs confirmed. Does that make sense? So when you look at January 6th, you are only going to look at it in a way that will confirm your beliefs. You will not accept anything else. Nothing else. I've had people, uh, I think I told you this story a while ago. I was at a dinner, a work dinner, and people were telling me they thought that January 6th was not that bad. And I'm like, have you not watch the videos that are in the hearings? Have you not seen what happened? Have you not seen the attacks on police officers? Have you not seen that? And they're like, that was, you know, that, no, that's just all, you know, what I saw was people in the rotunda with their cameras holding it up. So I get out my phone and I show them these videos and their jaws are dropping open. And they're like, I've never seen these videos before. And I'm like, how do you, how do you live on this planet? How do you live in this country? And you haven't seen the videos of the insurrection and the assault on police officers and elected members of Congress. You haven't seen it and you're literally telling somebody else it didn't happen. And the videos are right there. I mean, that's what I'm talking about that. These are people only looking to have their bias confirmed. And that is now facilitated by the media, by social media, by the political parties, by everything else. And that's why when, for example, I'll flip it around. So those who looked at January 6th and said, oh, that wasn't, that was Antifa or, or, you know, they try and explain it away. Those same people would look at uh, the protests and the riots that happened for an entire summer uh, surrounding police brutality. They look at 
they they had no ability to separate the rioters from the protesters. So you have this group of of protesters with their signs and they're marching and they're law abiding. And then you have the minority, which has been proven by studies that it that it was the smallest of percentages of people that were actually committing acts of violence. And with that confirmation bias, they believe that it was all rioters. And so all of those people are rioters and they're all guilty of it. And then over here at January 6th, <laughs> those aren't rioters. Those, you know what I mean? So uh, I don't know how to break us out of this because, you know, maybe Elon Musk buying Twitter is, is going to save us all from this. But people are not seeking the truth anymore. They are seeking verification of their own truth. And that's all they want. And that's all they will accept. And how we overcome that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see. Kate says Trump is looking for protection from prosecution by being a candidate. And that's interesting. Um, I, I will I will tell you one of the one of the interesting things about this whole uh, top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago is that if he is found guilty of illegally possessing confidential documents, one of the uh, punishments included in that it's only like it's like a three year sentence I think possible three-year max, but one of the things in there is that you're disqualified from holding public office. So, um, I mean, he could be, you know, that that is still moving forward. And if he's found guilty in any way of illegally possessing those documents, he will he will be disqualified. And that will go all the way up to the Supreme Court, and I expect the Supreme Court to uphold it. But you have to get to that point. Uh, let's see. Jake says, I wonder if folks realize if GOP candidates stay bad, get worse, Dem candidates will too. Democratic candidates will too. That's how the duopoly works. It's lose-lose for everybody. Jake, I love this point, and it's so important. Uh, and it it has to do with kind of everything we've been talking about. If th- If I am sitting here and I'm telling you, I'm looking at somebody's behavior and I'm saying their behavior is wrong. We should be better than that. That that they just did, that's so inappropriate. Uh, We need to have a higher standard. Look at them. That's just terrible. Can you believe what they're doing? That's just unbelievable. And then you have an opportunity and you're put in the same, the exact same situation. What you should be doing is saying, remember all that stuff that we pointed out that is bad. We're not going to do any of that stuff because we told you it was bad and we're going to live up to our words and our standards and we're not going to do those things. But what Jake is pointing out is that the minute that they get in power, what they say instead is all that stuff that we said was terrible and you shouldn't do, we're going to do it. 
And when they're criticized for it, they say, well, those guys did it. Yeah, but when they did it, you pointed out that it was wrong. You railed on it. You said it was terrible. Now you're on the other side saying, well, they started it. And you're not only going to do it, but you're going to do it worse. And, and we've already seen a promise. And this is one of the, the most unfortunate things from the midterm election is that the House was returned to Republicans. Now, I never thought growing up as a conservative that I would say something like it's unfortunate that the House has been returned to Republicans. The reason I say that is because people like our own Chris Stewart have already guaranteed investigation after investigation. Well, we may see Biden impeached by the House three or four times. I think that we should all feel great that it's a slimmer margin, and I hope the margin gets slimmer and slimmer of Republican control so that there can be some sanity that, that prevails. But we were promised by Chris Stewart that after he complained about their behavior uh, for the last two years, he promised us that they were going to be even worse. And <laughs> what we should all be doing is saying, we're better than that. It's, it's, it's my kids. It's my kids when I'm, you know, you walk in on your kids and they're both fighting with each other and you're like, what's going on? And they both point at each other and they say, he started it. And you're like, well, you're both guilty. You're both guilty. You're both going to be punished because one of you has got to not resist to give in to the other side. Somebody somewhere along the way has got to be better. And Jake, I think that that's exactly what you're talking about. Um, Janelle says he did bring up election fraud, though, again, not as much about midterms, but about, but about his loss. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I mean, that's such a great point, Janelle. He did bring up uh, about his own election, but the system hasn't changed. We know he will claim fraud. And again, guys, I'm sorry if I'm behind on your your messages. You know I'm long-winded. Um, I, I've been paid to talk for the last 20 something years. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you realize that when you come to this channel, um, uh, let's see, uh, Michael says, we all know he's running to try to keep his butt out of jail. Uh, Kate, uh, says false prophets are very popular. Um, I don't know if I've ever openly use the words antichrist to describe Donald Trump, but I do believe it is accurate for a certain segment of the population that claims to be religious and at the same time claims Donald Trump as somehow their religious leader. Um, they are being led by a wolf in sheep's clothing. And, you know, you can, you can, it's one thing to sit there and say, um, it's one thing to sit there and say, you know, I, I, I don't agree with how Trump treats people. I don't agree with a lot of his tactics. Um, 
but I really, I would re, I really love a lot of the things that he does. I was having a conversation earlier today with somebody who said, you know, Trump, the businessman, businessman, did do some good and did do some deregulation and did, you know, and so, you know, it's one thing to say, uh, you know, I disagree with this behavior and I don't like it, but I'll take it because he's doing some really good things. And I, I totally understand that. And the the choice of 2016, Hillary or Trump was, you know, was just untenable. And um, so I, I don't fault people who had to, had to decide, you know, that. And if you listen to me on the air for all of Trump's term, there were days when I would come on the air and say, I agree with what he did. And there were days I would come on the air and disagree with what, what he did. Um, to me, that's the appropriate response. It's this group of people who, who have decided somehow that, um, that he represents Christianity and, and he's not the only one. You've got this group of, of people now. My phone keeps trying to connect to, you know how your phone connects? You can use your phone as a camera now, um, your iPhone. Well, it, mine keeps trying to connect and it's burning down my battery here. Hang on. I was going to see if I could show it to you. Anyway, if that's what if you keep hearing a noise, that's what's going on. And I keep telling it to disconnect. Let's see. Oh, see, there's another posting from an Indeed for another talk show host job. I could leave the state pretty quickly. <laughs> um, uh, at, at any rate, I think we were talking about... Um, how Trump has got people deceived that somehow he represents Christianity. Oh, and I was talking about other people like Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, thinking that they think that this, this should be a uh, a Christian uh, state-run Christian uh, government and that somehow that's what the founders want. If you look at their behavior as well, if you look at their attitudes towards other people, if you look at their overall fruits, they're not Christian. If that's what Christianity is, then I'm not a Christian. Uh, but they believe, they truly believe they're acting in the name of Christ, you know, and uh, the other thing that is fascinating to me is that if if God wanted to choose, because there's a time in Scripture when God chose the leader of the people. Well, if God wanted that, he would never put in the Constitution. And the same group of people that believe that Trump is chosen by God to run this country that same group of people believe that the Constitution was inspired by God. Those two things are not compatible. They're incongruent. They're not compatible because if God wanted a country where he installs the leader, he wouldn't have made a republic where the leader is chosen by the people. 
the, you see what I mean? It, it doesn't work. It doesn't follow. You, you can't have both. You can't say God wants to choose our leader and say that the Constitution was inspired by God because they contradict each other. They do. And anybody out there who says that this should be a Christian-run country, I just ask them, uh, then why doesn't the Constitution even mention Christ? Why doesn't it even mention God? Why are the only times that religion come up in the Constitution, are they prohibitions instead of, uh, you know, actions or promotion of? I mean, those are people, but here they are. I, they, I don't think that they're... I don't think they're lying about what they're saying, but somehow they, they, I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. Let's see. Um, let me, let me scroll down to some of your other comments here. Uh, Janelle says, I wonder if Liz Cheney will, will run. I, I, think she will. Uh, but she doesn't have a chance if she runs as a Republican because she'll never get out of the Republican primary. She suffers from uh, the same the same problem that a lot of reasonable people suffer from right now. And that is that there's a lot of good people that would make great general election candidates that can't get out of the primary system because the primaries are dominated by the extremes of, excuse me, by the extremes of the party. So there's no way, no way Liz Cheney makes it through a Republican primary. So then she has to be an independent. And uh, as an independent, I think she can be a spoiler, but I don't think she can win. Um, and I, I, that's just so sad because, I mean, she, she, she showed us all what courage is. She showed us all what standing on principles is. She, she said, I don't care if I lose my job. I'm going to do what I know to be right. And every single Republican in leadership was given that same choice. Every Republican in our delegation, our state delegation, was given that choice. Will you stand on principle even if it means you lose your job? That's what principles are. If you say, I, no, I'm going to go with this guy because I don't want to lose my job. I mean, Chris Stewart called, the, called Trump Mussolini and then stood up for him and and carried his water how how do you how do you do that and and consider yourself principled I, it just doesn't make any sense and i'll give you an example if if i wanted to be elected more than i wanted to stand on truth or more than i wanted to have the job um, no, if, let me say it again. If it, if it meant more to me to be elected to Congress than to stand on principles, 
then certainly I would have veered towards Trump, especially in the first Republican primary. Because uh, that was easily the call of what you should do. Instead, I criticized Trump when he needed to be criticized, and I, I, uh, I stood by him when he needed to be stood by. Stood by? That doesn't really work, but it's getting late. Um, that's what you do when you stand on principle. It, you know, every everybody early on said exactly what Trump is. Everybody, Ted Cruz, everybody, Lindsey Graham. I mean, everybody back in 2016 before Trump got the nomination said exactly what they thought Trump was. They told us exactly what their principles are. And then when they saw the support for him and they realized they will lose their jobs if they don't stand by him, they had to change their tune. The minute that they did that, they exposed themselves as caring more about their jobs than caring about principles. And uh, that's very sad. Very sad, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. David says, if Trump ever was convicted, do you think we would see an uprising from his diehard followers? Uh, I think that there certainly would be a likelihood. I've said the whole time about these do these classified documents that, man, they better have the most rock solid, uh, you know, the, I, they, it's got to be the highest level, the most egregious, um, because even then, as we've talked about, people are only going to believe and see what fits into their truth. But at least for the majority of the country, we all need to be able to look back and say, okay, we get it. We understand. <laughs> I still don't understand why he took the documents and why he lied about why, why he, well, why he had his attorneys lie about it. But then, then I mean, the, he's the only guy in the world who can do this, literally admit that he has them, but give a different excuse every single time because the last excuse didn't work. And, and so he's the only guy that can do this. And he still has people going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, like I can declassify something, you know, just with, by thinking about it. Um, I had, uh, it was my movers. They brought the, the documents. He never denied having the documents. He just gave us a different excuse every single time. It's amazing to watch. It's, it's exactly what he articulated. He's the one who said it best. I could go out on the street and kill somebody and people would still support me. He knows what's happening here. He knows. He knows. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kate says, I think Liz is fine with being a spoiler. Listen, I, uh, Kate, I would, I will say this. Um, a lot of people asked me why, you know, when I, I went to several people who had donated to my campaign when I ran as a Republican and when I ran as an independent, they asked me, you know, are you going to be a spoiler? Because I really don't want to contribute if you're going to end up putting a Democrat in office. And 
I said, I, I can't, I can't think in those terms. And I hope that you don't think in those terms because for, I want everybody in this country who feels that they can fight and make a difference and, uh, you know, whether they feel they can win or not, whether they feel that they'll divide the vote or not, whether they feel, man, get out there and fight. And and so I would love to see Liz Cheney run, even if she would be a spoiler, um, because it would at least give some of us a choice if it ends up again being two very unreasonable things. And because she has shown herself to be a person of great character. And we need that option. Jake says we have to change the system. It's the only way. Hashtag forward, shameless plug. Uh, Janelle says, going back to the Constitution, I think we can say it was inspired by God, but that it was never intended to make us a religious state ruled by one type of faith. I think you're right, Janelle. I think that people have misinterpreted a lot of the things that were said by some of the founding fathers. I think that the belief on the part of a lot of the founders, and there were founders who wanted a state-run religion, but you got to remember uh, so so much, so many of the people who came here, and and one of and much of the reason for deciding to leave England and those types of things is because they had been in state-run religion situations, and they didn't want that for themselves. Uh, there were different, there were many different religious groups at that time, and they were competing with each other, right? So I think that you can find, and I think that there were founders who believed that in order for the Constitution to stand, that the people would need to continue to have Christian beliefs, that they would need to be people of good moral character and fiber, not that any religion should be forced upon them. In other words, that the strength of the Constitution would not be that religion is prescribed by it, but that those who follow it and who live in that country would have religious morals and values. And that way the Constitution would be upheld. That's the way I view um, many of many of the comments that I've heard from, you know, that are often referred back to uh, by by the founders. Um, so I so I think you're you're right, you know, but there's just no there's just no way that you can you, you can read, uh, you know, what happened in the Constitutional Convention and the Federalist Papers and all of those things and and truly believe with an honest assessment that the goal of the Constitution was to have a state-run religion at a federal level. At a federal level. Uh, David says, and this is why we need ranked choice voting, so we don't have to worry about spoiling. Yeah, um, unfortunately, in order to get ranked choice voting, we've got to get elected officials who would be negatively affected by ranked choice voting to support ranked choice voting. And so um, 
it's you know it's car it's uh chicken and the egg it's circular you know you can't get one unless you have the other i've come to believe it's wishful thinking honestly uh and i hate that i've become so cynical in that way but i have so any other uh any other comments uh i will read this this is from uh, this is from my campaign manager, Dave. Uh, he called me right after Trump's speech. And uh, then he texted this to me. He says, Trump was disciplined tonight, not off script mistakes. If he continues to be disciplined, he will be very good. I doubt that he can remain disciplined. Well, anytime Trump has been on prompter, he's fairly good. It was really interesting to me because if you watch the last, uh, maybe the last four or five rallies that he's had, you know, he's going around the country and doing these rallies. He has appeared unhinged and incoherent at times and raging at times to the point where I started to think he might be, he might be going over a cliff here, but Tonight, if you watch the speech, uh, he did not come off that way at all. He came off as as the Trump that we saw back in 2016. He came off, as Dave says, uh, disciplined, uh, forceful, and um, energetic. And to his core people, I believe, very inspiring. And so it was like almost like there was this transformation. I would even go so far as to say that what I, <laughs> I shouldn't say it. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> Should I say it? Um, <laughs> I would even go so far as to say, and maybe it was the screen that I was watching him on that the uh the tanning uh solution or whatever that he's using is not as orange. <laughs> uh I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he he looked more like a natural tan to me. <laughs> um but yeah, I I thought uh I thought he came off tonight as old Trump and strong Trump and uh, forceful Trump. Now I'm making my eyes water. Uh, hang on a sec. <laughs> ah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so yeah, there we are. Uh, that's, uh, that's my return to, uh, the podcast. I, uh, I think anybody who doesn't believe that Trump can win the nomination is fooling themselves. If you look at the primaries, Trump is an incredibly strong primary candidate. I do not believe he is a strong general election candidate. I do not believe he can win another general election unless we are beyond recession and in depression, maybe. Um... But uh, 
I think that I think there's a very strong possibility he wins the nomination again, and then he'll lose and he'll claim election fraud, and uh, the outrage will be at a point where uh, that scenario worries me. It does. Uh, Kate says daily headlines some weeks start with uh, Trump rages dot dot dot. Right. It, it sounded like uh, like Trump raging. And uh, tonight he articulated a strong message that his supporters who may have been doubting, I think he brought people back to him tonight by uh, how he delivered that speech and what he said. I think he reminded people why they liked him and why they were supporting him. And I think the media was expecting to see the Trump that they've been seeing at these rallies where he's been rambling and uh, raging or the word is chaos and all of those things. No, no, no. That was not the Trump that we saw tonight. The Trump that we saw tonight should worry anybody who doesn't want him to win the nomination. He came out and reminded everybody that uh, he he uh, he's going to be tough to beat. He's going to be tough. And I can't stand the thought of having to choose between him and DeSantis in Florida because to me, uh, Governor DeSantis is trump light, And if Trump wasn't around, DeSantis would be considered, uh, you know, one of the most extreme in the country. But because Trump's there, <laughs> we actually kind of look at DeSantis and go, okay, I guess I can kind of live with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, should we get... This is on Facebook. I'll just put this on the screen. Should we get more candidates with dementia? Americans love candidates with dementia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I am, am not a fan, and Trump did it tonight. He attacked Joe Biden for uh, saying, you know, he was in the wrong state. He attacked Biden for misstating things. And in Trump's very speech, Trump said some things that were inarticulate. And so I've never been a fan of using those types of things to demonstrate somebody's abilities. I mean, I don't know if you heard tonight, Trump said that he had, uh, he had uh, stopped decades of wars or something like that. And there was a couple of times where he said stuff that it just was, it made no sense whatsoever. Um, if you have followed Joe Biden like I have, you would know that Joe Biden has been <laughs> messing up words and sentences as long as he has ever been in the public eye. As bad as he is now, he has been for 40 years. And so I don't view it as dementia because uh, I, I don't, you, you, a lot of you probably don't know this, but when, uh, when I, let's see, when was this, how this would have been back in, um, uh, 
just when when apps were coming out on the phone and words with friends was coming out and I went and I made a bunch of apps. I made a bunch of games. And the first app that I released was called Pocket Politician. And it was a soundboard of political gaffes. So you just had an icon of the politician and you would hit the icon and it would be the soundbite of their political gaffes. And the two number one sources where I had pages and pages were, uh, were Biden and Bush. Pages and pages of gaffes and incoherent. I mean, and so when you look at Joe Biden and, and you say, uh, it's dementia, I think, I think it's lazy. I think that it's, uh, uh, it's using something or anything to try and attack him when this has been a characteristic of Joe Biden from the very beginning. And I've explained on the air to you before on the air on this podcast, but it's been a long time. I think that Joe Biden suffers from the ability to pre-edit what he's going to say. And I think if you watch, the next time he's off prompter, I want you to watch this. This is why he sounds so inarticulate. Because most of us have the ability to kind of think a little bit about what we're about to say before it comes out of our mouth, right? Most of us can articulate maybe one sentence ahead about what we're about to say. And we can pre-edit and avoid a lot of problems. Now, we all have this ability to some degree, some more than others, right? I typically, because I've been doing talk radio for so long, I, and this may sound braggadocious to you, but I can be five, six, seven, eight sentences ahead in, in my mind about what I'm going to say and I'm editing it out because I know that everything that I say is going to be criticized and judged. And that's why when people, when I first said I'm going to run for office, people said, you can't do that because people are going to go back and look at all your podcasts and they're going to find stuff you've said and they're going to use it against you. And I'm like, go for it. Because I'm not afraid of anything I've said. Because I may, I don't, I don't often uh, say things that uh, I regret because I'm able to pre-edit. So here's what here's the here's what Joe Biden does. He hears what he's thinking when he says it. That's the first time he hears it. He doesn't hear it in his mind at first. So he does it all the time. He'll start to say something, and then he hears what he's saying. And he realizes it's not exactly the way he wants to put it. And so he stops himself and then he starts again to try and say it like he wants to say it. 
And it's one of the reasons why he never finishes his sentences unless he's on prompter. And when you think about that, if you have somebody who every time they start a sentence and they hear it come out of their mouth and they're like, oh, that's not really what I want to say. So they stop themselves and then they go over here and they go over here and they go over here. This is, I don't know if there's a, a diagnosis for this, but I swear to you, this is what's happening with President Biden. He cannot pre-edit in his mind. He edits after it comes out of his face. And he's done it as long as I have ever known or heard of him. So I do not believe it. I, you know, obviously at that age, you're going to have some diminished capacity. But I believe Trump has a level of diminished capacity as well. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. I, I'm at 50 and I... I I can't believe what I can't remember uh, nowadays. Uh, a lot of that was uh, long COVID, but I feel a diminished capacity at 50. I can't imagine what I'm going to be at at 80. But to suggest that that is uh, clear signs of a medical condition or an inability, uh, you just you're just not familiar with good old Joe. And he's been a gold mine for that stuff for years. And I'm sure some of you uh, suffer from the same problem. You have a hard time pre-editing. I, I know you know people that can't pre-edit and you things come out of their mouth and, and a lot of them will go, did I just say that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, Jake says, I noticed that too. Somehow while Trump was in office for four years, we didn't have wars for decades. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what Trump said. We didn't have wars for decades when he was in office. Um, uh, Kate says, my mother had Alzheimer's and claiming Biden has dementia is offensive. I, I Kate, I agree with you. Um, I'm not a fan of of assigning um, or judging, how do I put it? I try not to, and I know I fall into the trap, everybody does, but I try to assess the action, not the, not the overall individual. So forever with Trump, I really tried, I really tried hard to judge him for what I agreed with and what I disagreed with. There came a point with COVID where I just couldn't do that anymore. And then with election fraud in January 6th, uh, his, his actions turned uh, to a level where I couldn't do that anymore, where there is no way, there is nothing he can ever do to uh, restore uh, my ability to see him in any other way but... Uh, so into himself that he would destroy this nation to get what he wants for his own ego. Um, but he drove me to that point for years. You guys know, you listen to me. I really try to focus on, on the action. That, but in politics, it's so much easier to focus on, you know, to find larger uh broader overreaching things. For example, those who would take the time to call Joe Biden a pedophile, that he likes 
sniffing children. This type of thing is so offensive and it has become so prevalent in our politics. The pedophile claims come from pictures that were circulated of what looks like Joe Biden sniffing the hair of a young boy. What is so devastatingly evil about those claims is that that is actually Joe Biden comforting his grandson at his daughter's funeral. But we want to get rid of this guy. We want to defeat him so bad that we're going to call him a pedophile. That is the type of stuff that is so abhorrent. And that's why when I hear people make claims of dementia, uh, those types of things, I, I really try and I hope that we all try to focus on the actions instead of the lazy, you know, character assassination. Because so often it's based upon uh, complete fabrication and it's done out of laziness. I'll give you an example. Uh, the day of the election, this the, the midterms, when uh, the vote totals for me came out and they were incredibly low, I got an email right away. And it was a guy saying, I'm so glad that you got smashed in the election. I've always known since you were on KSL that you were a communist. And I'm so glad that your communist viewpoints were shut down by the electorate. So, you know, I emailed him back. And I said, just for kicks and giggles, can you name one thing, one policy, one statement, one action that I have ever done that is communist? Do you think he had something? No, of course not. He just knows he doesn't like me. And he can't articulate the specific reasons why he doesn't like me. So he's going to choose to use inflammatory language. And really what he's hoping is that I'm going to be angered. He's looking to be a bully and he's looking to get emotions out of me. Make me emotional, make me feel bad. That's the goal of anybody who uses those types of tactics. Of course, I've been doing this for over two decades you're not going to rile me up by calling me a communist. In fact, I will start to toy with you a little bit and just ask simple questions, right? And, you know, I say, you know, please share with me anything that I've ever said or done that is communist. And if not, you know, maybe you ought to think about not using that tactic. And of course he couldn't. And uh, I think eventually uh, he just blocked me because <laughs> because he had uh, he had fallen into the the easy trap and so i just hope that we we try not to fall into that uh that trap and uh and i and i i i totally know that your your comment was made out of sarc sarcasm 
You say, my comment was made with sarcasm. I don't believe Biden has dementia. There are things I'm hearing from the media and even by young people, some of whom are first-time voters. I I knew that you were being sarcastic, but it did. I did want to use it to, to make a point about politics. Uh, they say it's frustrating because it's intentionally meant to redirect and take focus off of the real issues. You're exactly right. 100%. In fact, I believe that if you're resorting to those tactics, it, it is an admission that you really don't have anything. I mean, if, if, if you're going to email me and call me a communist and that's all you got, uh, then you're just admitting to me that you have nothing. I mean, you've got absolutely, you, you just... You know, and and to me, that's the way we should all view any politician, any adult who resorts to those types of tactics right out of the gate as an admission that you've got nothing. You got nothing. So all you can do is character assassinate. That tells me that, uh, you know, you just you just don't like this person. You don't want them to be elected and you're willing to destroy character to get yourself elected. We don't support that behavior in our children. We don't support that that behavior amongst ourselves in uh, any adult environment, work, church, anywhere else. But we promote it and uh, we actually uh, admire it now in politics. That's madness. That is madness. How to turn down the... Oh, see, my phone is almost dead because it keeps connecting to... This is a flaw, Apple. It keeps trying to connect to my broadcasting system. And I keep disconnecting and it keeps wanting to connect. So I'm going to hit disconnect. And so it's running down my battery. Anyway, how long have we been going? Oh, hour and a half. That's a good start back. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else uh, uh, you want to uh, bring up? Manuel, uh, don't even go there. He says, just get an Android already. Don't even go there. Don't get me started. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rudy. <laughs> it's so funny. When you talk about uh, people resorting to character assassination uh, because uh, they don't have other things or they lead with that, and then somebody just jumps in and they do exactly the thing you were just talking about. And they're not joking. This is Rudy on Facebook. He says, uh, man, you suck. Do you think another politician is going to get us out of this crap we're going through? They cannot buy Trump. You the only one who doesn't see this. Like Trump said, the system is corrupt and is going to continue like that. And Trump is the only one who can do it. Trump is Trump, but he loves this country. It, so, so Rudy, thank you for uh, demonstrating exactly the tactic that I was talking about. Instead of, uh, you know, making points that we can all consider, 
uh, treating each other respectfully and not leading with character assassination, you <laughs> did exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Now, if you believe that Trump is the only person who can get us out of corruption, hey, you know, I disagree with that. Uh, I think that uh, Trump has a problem with truth. And I think Trump almost drove this country to um, a, a, a possible civil war. Uh, it's funny that you don't consider lying about an election fraud and trying to get a group of fake electors uh, so that you can stay in the White House. You don't consider that to be corruption. That's not corruption. But uh, he's going to stop all of the corruption that's out there because he can't be bought. Um, okay. All right. You know, we just have a different definition of corruption. That's all. Um, but you're certainly in, entitled to, to your beliefs and you're entitled to, uh, <laughs> to verify and use the exact tactic that we just pointed out was one that is childish and shouldn't be used. Uh, David says, I'm curious, you weren't a big fan of Trump's first impeachment. Has your opinion changed since then? If you remember, David, and I don't know if I remember all the way back then, um, I wasn't a fan of how the first impeachment happened. Um, the first one was about the the phone call, right? Was that was that the first? Yeah, yeah the first one was about about the phone call. My my feeling about impeachment is that it has to be, for lack of a better term, it has to be a whopper. It has to be such a high level, it, high crimes and misdemeanors. And I felt that the phone call was inappropriate. I felt that it was a sign of corruption. And I felt that the way that it should have been handled was to let the electorate decide if they want this man to continue in office. I did not believe that it rose to that level of high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, and looking back, I still don't believe that. Um, and I think that's what I said the first time. Isn't that what I said the first time, David? You'll have to remind me. It's been, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, Jake says, meanwhile, Russian rockets deliberately or not strike Poland. I'm going to, I'm going to say not deliberately. I, that would be, that would be um, <laughs> very shocking if Russia did that intentionally. I'm going to guess because it was so close to Ukraine that this was a, some type of malfunction or misfire. Uh, that's just my, uh, that's just my guess. Um, other questions or personal attacks that anybody else wants to share? Any other names you want to call me or any other comments about Trump, the midterms, any questions about my campaign? Um, if you see any of my campaign signs out there, would you do me a favor and uh, and cut them down? Uh, 
we that's something that we need to do and have been doing. Um, um, still got a lot of brochures left. Still have a lot of signs. The RV is still wrapped. Uh, I've got to take it now and get it uh, unwrapped. Um, David says Poland's president doesn't think it was deliberate. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that would be such an escalation. Uh, so, you know, as much as I think Putin is uh, is uh, <laughs> is acting, well, I don't know how to be kind about Putin, so I just won't say anything. Um, I just don't think that this is something that he would order. So I would think this would have to be a mistake. Let's just put it that way. Any other questions or comments before we sign off tonight? See, my my iPhone has connected again. Really? It says you can disconnect to remove this phone from the Mac camera list. Yeah, I I know. So that's what I'm trying trying to do here. And just so you know, uh, who was it, Man Man Manuel, who said, try Android? Not a chance. I, I am so, I am so held hostage to Mac at this point. There's no, there's no way. I, I am, there is no way. I am so into their ecosphere that it, they own me. I'm just going to say it. They own me. Um, because of how connected everything is. There's just, I mean, the fact that I'm sitting here and, okay, I'm pausing. Just the way everything is so interconnected, um, they just, uh, they own me. Sorry. I'll just admit it. Uh, I'll admit it openly. Jake says, I worded that poorly. The fact that they did at all for any reason has led Poland to trigger Article 4. Yeah, I... Look, I mean, <laughs> you you are correct, Jake. I mean, the fact that Russia is doing anything that would result in a misfire uh, in Poland uh, is is just one more sign that they shouldn't be attacking Ukraine. I totally agree with you. And and by the way, uh, Trump tonight, what did he tell us about that? It would never have happened if he was in office. So just remember that, uh, there, he would, that the attack on Ukraine would have never happened if Trump was in office. Um, Manuel says, oh no, the cult got you. It's not the cult. It's how it's the interconnectivity. It's everywhere I go, everything I touch is all Mac. I'm like right now, if I, by the way, my phone has connected again. If I could, let's see. I really don't want to show you guys. I think I've shown you before what my um, see reenable no. What my setup looks like in here? Oh, there it is. Okay. So this no. I would have to go maybe this way. Sorry, and then do this. Okay, this is, there, this is from 
my iPhone camera. And of course you can see I shake. You guys all know that I shake. Um, so I have, <laughs> this is not gonna, this is how I control the scenes. Well, this is hard to do. So this is something called a screen deck. This controls the scenes. And then, which direction do I need to go here? I'm running a Mac. I cannot do this. This is a real test of coordination. So on the one side, I'm running, uh, this is a Mac Mini on this side. And then over on this side, this is, wait, where is it? Hang on. Oh, there's my medication. This is a MacBook Pro. And then over here, where is it? Uh, this is this is what's controlling my microphones and uh, the audio. And it, it's all running from one mouse and one keyboard. The two Macs are using one, one mouse and one keyboard. It's, I'm using my phone as a camera. Uh, I can control my camera and my phone with my watch. I can copy and paste. And I realize a lot of this stuff you can do somewhat in the Android sphere, but Mac has, has strung it all together and I have so much Mac equipment now. There's just no way. And and I didn't show you the, the three, the two iPads sitting over here on the left. And there's just no way. There, there, there's no way out. I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner. And what a successful uh, <laughs> business model. I am absolutely held hostage by Mac at this point. And I am not afraid to admit it. All right, my friends, it looks like uh, people are dropping out slowly. So I will uh, let you go to bed. A quick reminder, um, it, I post all of these on a podcast. So you can look up the JMac podcast. It's available on Android and Apple. Um, I think at this point, my initial goal is to be back at least one time a week on Tuesday nights. And then on jmcfarland.com, you'll also be able to find, um, I've got a blog there that I've put back up. I also, if you remember from way back, I used to do presentations on keeping your kids safe online. And I have a book, it's called Joyful Parents. So I have an online course there that you can see at jmcfarland.com. If you want to reach out to me when we're not on the air, you can do that at jmcfarland.com. Um, my phone just reconnected again. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mac does a lot of things amazingly well, but uh, when they have bu certain bugs, man, they sometimes they get it so wrong. And sometimes they do just the stupidest things like this. Um, this is... This is the magic mouse. You guys see that? You see where the charging port is right there? It's it's right here. It's on the bottom. So when this gets low on charge, I have to plug it in on the bottom. This is Max Genius sometimes. I'll show you. We're really just getting off topic. So I have to plug it in on the bottom. Can you see that? which means it's completely unusable when you charge it. That is, 
Who? How? That is the most ridiculous thing. And, you know, they get it right so often and then they do something like that. Oh, I messed up the screen. All right, now I'm just rambling for no reason. Uh, let's see. Okay, I think that's it, my friends. Thank you for joining us. So let's uh, let's try and do this on Tuesday nights. I will also be uh, pre-recording um, uh, messaging as well on this channel. And I did start a new channel. It's called uh, Joyful Parents. And I will have a video released once a week there with just, if you... If you like my ideas around politics and my common sense approach to politics and those kind of things, well, I did the same thing with parenting. So it's parenting without the emotion and without the frustration. Not that you can eliminate all of it, but it's very helpful. So if you go to, I'll put up the link in the description uh, on the next podcast uh, so you can watch those videos. If you have teenagers or younger children, that'll be helpful. Manuel says, at least the mouse looks pretty. Uh, he also says, thanks, Jay. You're an asset to our country. Woo, that was close. I thought you were going to say something else. Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick says, this isn't off topic. It's down the rabbit hole. You're exactly right. I don't know if I still have the audio for rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Thank you for the reminder, but I don't have the graphic anymore. So, all right, my friends, everybody have a great night. Uh, go to jmcfarland.com for more information. Thank you for your support during the campaign. And uh, Jake will be, uh, will be sitting down tomorrow talking a little bit about the forward party. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and again, still trying to decide what I want to be when I grow up. So I'll take any other suggestions. And on that note, I'm going to sign off. Everybody have uh, have a wonderful evening.